And it's all based on Danielle's and her guests' opinions, research, and experience. This podcast absolutely does not constitute financial or investment advice, and the hosts are certainly not financial advisors, brokers, or dealers, because, well, you just have to trust us on that one. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Motivity Podcast with Danielle. Hi, everyone. This is Danielle with the Motivity Podcast. First of all, thanks for listening. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, today, we have Lakita on the show. And hi, Lakita. <laughs> hi, Danielle. Thank you for having me. Of course. So Lakita and I wor- both work at Cisco. Uh, we come from very si- uh, somewhat similar backgrounds, not, v- not somewhat similar, not really similar, but we both focused um, in collaboration and we both fell into that. One of the pillars uh, from Cisco, which is our collab pillar. Um, you know, and we both have a passion for communication, for seamless communication. So we're going to talk through today where Lakita came from, you know, how she ended up in that pillar of collaboration. Another piece is that she also loves the networking side. So we're going to explain a little bit what the difference is and, and how important networking and collaboration is. And thirdly, we're just going to talk about, you know, why a unified um, approach to collaboration is so important. And what does that truly mean um, to the customer, right? And how do you solve, yeah. you know, those problems or those business outcomes? Um, so Lakita, you know, tell us a little bit how you got into information technology when, you know, this, you know, this is a couple years ago, <laughs> I'm going to say a couple, but, you know, this, this, you know, sector of, you know, having a degree, you know, what did that mean um, back then? And, and how did you stumble upon information technology? Take us there first. Yeah, sure. Um, it was definitely something I, I stumbled upon. Um, it, I was I was eight when I got my first computer, and I think that really started it all for me. Um, and, and so I remember, you know, that Handy 128K, and I'm probably aging myself now, and uh, I came with this ginormous book to, to learn basic. And I started teaching myself the basic programming language and, um, you know, I would just spend hours on that. And there were limitations, of course, with, you know, what a 128 uh, computer could do. I mean, I have more than that in my, my smartphone now. I mean, a floppy disk has more than that. We're really going back. But I loved it, and I loved spending time on it. And I loved figuring out what I could do. But there was also a limitation, um, you know, with, with technology back then. And I think that limitation is what kind of whet my appetite for you know, I want to do more. I I would play games and I could only go so far and I wanted to go far as my imagination could carry me, not as far as the games that I could go. So I wanted to, you know, be a computer programmer and somewhere along the lines, I decided I wanted to join the army. And so growing up, anybody asked me what I wanted to do, I was going to be a computer programmer at and join the army. what age did you know this? I, I just want, you know, uh, That was at eight. At eight that years old. At eight. Oh, at eight years old, yes. I had no idea what I was doing in life, but okay, that's awesome. No, and it, it, it pretty much stayed there. And, um, you know, at, at some point I stumbled across, you know, fast forward through high school, I stumbled across Rochester Institute of Technology. Um, it was one of the schools I applied for and I was accepted there. And just because of all of that grooming that I had as a kid, you know, I looked at their course catalog and I was like, computer engineering, everybody told me I should be an engineer. So that's what I'm going to do. And, and this I is go before, to school and I you know, information technology was really a major, right? It wasn't broken down yet. I mean, exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I, I wish I heard of information technology, like right off the bat. 
But I went into computer engineering because I'm like, hey, you know, people are telling me, oh, she's going to be a computer engineer. I'm saying I'm going to be a computer engineer. There's a major in computer engineer. And I wish I could tell you that my first, my freshman year was a success, but it wasn't. I got there and I was miserable because computer engineering was really electrical engineering with a computer science class. And it was you're it like, was this not, is what, not I what I want. I want to fix computers. No. I want to dig into it. I want to understand how it works. I want all the trinkets, right? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And so I, I did not fare well those first couple of years, and I stumbled across information technology and, and what was that this? was. And it's really cool because this was still at RIT. Okay. They um, actually offered the first uh, information technology program that was like recognized nationwide. So that was pretty cool. And, you know, it, it's such a broad umbrella when you talk about what information technology it is, did, right? Yes. Because what is information? I mean, it's, it's data. And, and so when you think about information technology, you're thinking about how you present your data, how you transport your data store it, organize it, secure it, and even interact with it, right? right? And so under information technology, when I was there, and it's evolved even more since um, at RIT, um, I have a cousin that, that went there and, and he has courses. I'm like, I'm jealous. I didn't have those. Um, but they had um, web development was under IT, systems administration, network administration, um, security. Present the, day? Or is this when you were there? That was when I was there. So present day, oh, that wow. has evolved even more. They throw mobile applications and gaming development under IT and, you know, uh, database and cloud. And so it just it just continues to evolve. But really when I does. switched to IT, it was um, it was a game changer for me. Um, I continued to, to excel. Um, that wasn't even where I got into collaboration. That didn't happen until after my military career. Um, so, you know, I joined the Air Force, so I, I stayed true First to my like, eight-year-old self. This woman was in the you know? Air Force. Like, she was like, I'm, <laughs> I want to go to the Army. I want to go to the Air Force, right? So, yes, you know. I wanted to go to the Air Force. I think that lends itself, just to give you guys a little background, I we I get to work with the, these wonderful individuals, and, and you hear these stories, but, you know, we, we, you know, no, a thousand percent, right? Like, I'm in sales, you're an engineer, you keep me honest. I mean, the honest people, right, have have these amazing backgrounds, but we don't always talk about it. And we don't, we don't, right, we don't always showcase it. So I, you know, you having that being like, I was in the Air Force, you know, it's such a great accolade. So thank you for your service. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Yeah. And it was, it was, it was one of those things where, you know, I did, I did the ROTC program. So I got, you know, the college experience. I got the Air Force experience. Um, I became a communications officer, which what that meant in the Air Force. And that, that even evolved. When I, when I went into the Air Force, communications was viewed as a support role. And by the time I left, it was an operational role. We had a saying back then, no calm, no bomb. In other words, if you didn't have those communications officers, those planes were not getting off the ground because when ah, you think of Air Force, like, you think of pilots like the and hub. the fighter jets. And so, I mean, right, I think of communica right. I mean, communication can mean a number of things, but you know, you're, you're landing planes, you're giving directions, you're telling them what to do as satellite communications, wow. radio frequencies, the plans, the programs, all of those things, the orders from the general officers that say you need to hit that target, how that order gets from, you know, 
a general headquarters, you know, to the the pilot in that plane and how those orders flow. That's all. That all happens with communication. Talk about um, and data so and workflow. And yes, taking, exactly. You know, relying on a human to deliver that messaging too. Keep that in mind. I wonder how and, much it's and evolved. the accuracy and the speed of that information and how important that is for for the DoD and the military and what happens if that information you know doesn't succeed. Everybody. Well, I'm not going to assume everybody's seen the movie, but um, I think it was Crimson Tide with Denzel Washington, where they were on the submarine and they were trying to decide whether they were going to launch a counterattack. And they were like, we don't have orders. And it, it just created all of this chaos because they were like, you know, should we go with our previous order? Wait, new, a new order was coming in, but we only received half of it because our communications were intercepted and they didn't know that's, what to do. And that's so, so far, I was we thinking actually about, that. I was thinking about that in, in such a different level, but that just brought me back to saying I was thinking, about, I, was, I was like just wondering how, how we, not how my mom did jobs, like how did people get jobs done when the communication was like a landline or the communication, you know, um, was, was code or, you know, it, it was just, such a different era. I was thinking, how would I know to go get my son at school? Or, you know, just these like minor things that we kind of take for granted, or I'm running late for a meeting, yeah. you just probably show up late, right? Oh, hey, you know, back then it was acceptable. Yeah, I'm late. Yeah. Right. Now you actually yeah. have to call, you have to text, you have to communicate. I was actually having that thought the other day that I wonder, you know, I just wonder how much actually got done or or at the time they probably just thought that was efficiency. We evolve with technology. You know, and, and, you know, when we think about evolution, people think about, you know, the, the grand scale, but we're, we're evolving with our generations and how we consume technology. When we talk about information technology, that was good enough then, right? And, and, and good enough, I'm sure is something we're going to talk about a little bit more because that's a, that's a term that kind of triggers some different thoughts when it comes to technology. Yep. But, um, when I stumbled, it wasn't until after I got out of the military that I stumbled into uh, unified collaboration, right? That I had my first opportunity to touch a call manager. I was still supporting the military. Um, I was supporting Air Mobility Command um, and their voice over secure IP system. Um, we, we probably have heard of VoIP, voice over IP. We the military have. loves to make up acronyms. So did we they had make what up we that acronym? BOSIP. No. Yes, I believe they did, BOSIP. No. Not, not VoIP. Oh. But we put a we put an S in there, so we called it VOSIP, Voice Over Secure IP, because Ooh, we needed to make sure 100%. our communications were secure. Yeah, and so I was the administrator for Air Mobility Command, and I worked on the voice and video systems, and then it just continued to evolve from there. Yeah. Lita, what was video like back then? And then they say video, right? I, I think oh, we actually remember boy. these devices, and we're, I mean, we're probably going back the same era of what video looked like back then to what it is now, right? Maybe talk about that for a second. What was video like, you know, how many years ago are we talking? And don't age us on this. <laughs> no, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about a good solid 10 years okay. ago. Okay. And the, the, the video back then, um, you know, it was, first of all, you had your, your voice team, which worked on your phone yep. and your tele- telephony, and you had your video team. And, you know, they were completely separate. Um, you, you pretty much, 
um, and, and I was working with like general officers, right? And so you had these execs that were panicking and sweating bullets and they were like, he has a meeting in two hours, it has to work and you're in there prepping the room and you're doing test after test and you're making sure everything works right and God forbid, please don't call another, another command that's using a different technology because we're not 100% sure if it's going to work. Now, is this like now there's just an expectation. Lines? Was that like... Yeah, interoperability yeah. was not a thing. No. You know, if it, if it, it, it wasn't it wasn't the phrase as we know it today, right? Correct. Now there's an expectation of interoperability, right? You you pick up your phone, you dial in a video device, you don't care what's on the other end, right? You want it to work. You want it to be able to communicate. You don't want to have to jump through hoops um, just to make a system work. And the level of planning that we had to do, you know, calling the other command, what type of system are you using? Okay, well, we're using this. Okay, well, you're going to have to dial in this way. That. Five different ways I to dial in. I remember you'd have to ask what their, um, <laughs> was it a SIP address? You would have to ask, how are you connecting the call? And, and what are you dialing yeah. it on? And what if you, I remember, oh yeah, I mean, you're bringing, bringing me back. It was it was hard, and it was complicated. I think I'm hearing, like, I know. thinking about it again. And then we used to have people sit on the conference calls to make sure that everyone, remember, like, the white glove service. I actually think uh, yes. when when um, the companies um, do their quarterly reviews, I think they still use this white glove, like, white glove uh a conference yeah. call person and making sure all the numbers dialed in and they were all connected, and then there was a speaker line. There was a speaker line, and you had to, you know, make sure that the speaker – knew to call on the right number to bring them through and they were on yes. the correct mode to talk. But if they <laughs> people couldn't hear them, it was a disaster. Oh my God. Right. It was a, it was it was a nightmare. Yeah. I imagine and if so someone couldn't about... get into the call because they were locked behind a firewall or they were, you know, the, the, the code didn't work and the code was oh wrong. My gosh. And, oh my God. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm thinking is, about all of this. How did I? How do we stick with it, Danielle? Oh my gosh! You know what? I think you and I both knew that it would change, and we saw that the communication or the the unified collaboration space, whatever we want to call it, is yeah. was changing, and the ease of use of getting into a call stopped becoming a barrier. Right? It, it stopped becoming this. Hey, I can't connect call. I can't. I can't get on the system. Right? It that. I think you and I kind of saw that is that it stopped being that the network was reliable. Probably is that the network. I mean, hundred percent. it goes, it goes back into that, that evolution. Right. And it brings us into that whole unified collaboration space. Right. Of, of it's no longer, you know, okay for things to be good enough, or at least they, they shouldn't be right. The expectations that, you know, we grew up with and matriculated from, no one would accept that now, right? No. And so, you know, when, when we talk about collaboration now, we're not talking about voice or video, right? We're talking about voice and video, right? We expect it to, to work together, you know, no matter what vendor you're coming from. Uh, we, we just expect it to work. Don't give me, you know, five different instructions. Don't give me that book I had as an eight-year-old, you know, like here's the whole book you have to learn, you know, for the different ways that you could possibly have to make a call, right? Like it should be simple. And that was the other thing about information technology is that information technology was crafted and designed with the end user in mind. Not only did I take classes on, um, you know, systems and networking administration, but we also took classes on human factors and tech transfer and things of that nature because 
even though it's my passion and it's my career, not everybody, you know, there are bankers and investors and doctors and lawyers that rely on this technology just to work, right? They don't care about zip. They don't care about the URLs. They want to go in and they want to call who they have to call to get their business done, right? And so we need to make sure that our technology is not a burden. And I think that is why I kind of fell in love and stay in this uh, in this career field and in this vein. Right. It, it, yes, it shouldn't be a burden. And maybe talk to how, I mean, we work so fluidly and, and people ask, you know, well, how is this possible? Maybe talk a little bit about how fluid we do work. Like, I, I guess in my head, the technology is not a barrier. The, the you know, yeah. spinning up a, a WebEx, sending invites like, you know, or, you know, and you could use a, a number of platforms, but maybe just talk about that, really that unified approach. And what does that really mean? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And and so, you know, it shouldn't be a barrier. Uh, one thing that I love about, like, our, our Cisco platforms is the ability to have that one button to push, that one button to join, right? And so you can integrate with um, your Outlook calendar, right? Um, most people, most uh, businesses are using um, uh, Microsoft for productivity, right? Office products, right? And so you're already using your Outlook calendar. So now these devices integrate with that calendar. So when you have a meeting, you have a pop-up that comes, a little toast pop-up that comes in your in your lower right hand of your device five minutes before your meeting, and it gives you an opportunity to join. I depend on that now. Like if I don't see my one button to push, I'm, I, I might be late. I might miss the meeting um, because it's just become, you know, one of those, one of those other things, right? And so I can join that meeting and, and not only – Am I joining Cisco meetings? But the device, we talk about interoperability. My device doesn't care if it's a Zoom meeting, if it's a Microsoft meeting, if it's, you know, a Google Meet. As long as it has that URI, which for all intents and purposes, it's like a phone number, but for video, it knows how to join that meeting, right? And it's like, okay, you have that meeting on your calendar. Um, when we talk about seamless, um, I'm in Central Standard Time. A lot of the people I work with are on the East Coast, yep. right? They send over calendar invites that just automatically translated. So, you know, you say, hey, we're going to meet at 9 o'clock, and you put it on my calendar. My calendar translates it for me, you know, for the right time. So it just takes some of those um, things where, where human error can be introduced. It just pulls it out of the equation. And, you know, um, when I think of, when I think of how companies operate, right, we're we're no longer um, just bound to our our location, right, and as right. far as we can travel. But you know, we're global, and so if if I have you know a client that's halfway around the world, right, and and maybe English is not their first language, right, we have capabilities um, in our software for translation, right. There's like simultaneous interpretation where. You can bring in a translator to uh, to translate live. There's closed captioning because, you know, accessibility is so important, right? I mean, there are people that are skilled and that are gifted, but maybe they're hard of hearing. Maybe they're deaf. Well, you know, there's closed captioning. There's um, interpretation. I, I think last time I checked, our devices interpret into um, 13 different languages and interpret from, like, over 100 different languages. And, I mean, it's just... It's continuing to grow, right? And so and adapt and move, just, and and it, it's, and it's 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 exactly and the companies exactly. are, are it's it's evolving. You're, you're, yes, it's evolving, which which is great. And and you know, Lakita, you brought up many 
you know, powerful plays of the platform, right? Um, what's one feature that you use of the platform often? I, I have a, uh, I have a favorite feature, but what's, what's your favorite feature? And, and so my, my, like three, my favorite, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I don't even consider one button to push a feature. That's like just it's there. I need it. I would say my favorite feature is the WebEx assistant. And so uh, the the WebEx assistant is is now um, when I talked about information technology, I talked about how we interact, right? And so you're probably familiar with Alexa or Siri where you can trigger a voice command and you can have it do certain things. Um, WebEx has that capability too, you know, so like even, even this meeting, and I think this was super um, important as, as, as we're on what I hope is the tail end of uh, this pandemic. I don't even know if it's a pandemic anymore, but the last two years have been rough and people have become more germ conscious. And so um, when we talk about like these touch pen uh, devices, right, with the, the touch panel on it, a personal one that I have at home is one thing, but one that's in a shared conference room where different people are touching it, maybe a few years ago, that wouldn't have been a big deal. But now, you know, you're like, who's touched this, right? And so with the WebEx Assistant, one of the things I can do is I can join a meeting without having to touch anything. You know, I just... I don't want to say the command because I'll trigger about right. five different devices over here. But, you it know, goes, I, I, hey, I say a command. W-E-B-E-X. Start my meeting. You know, exactly. And you can tell it to join the meeting. You can tell it to end the meeting, turn up the volume, different things like that. It also transcribes and takes notes, which I think is really cool because I'm a note taker. That's how I learn by reviewing and reading notes, seeing what I missed. Um, but sometimes when you're taking notes, you miss out on on something that's being said. And so um, a lot of the meetings now with the WebEx assistant can be uh, transcribed. And so now you can go back. You can not only review the recording, but you can review the notes in those recordings. So you can that's even probably have it. one of my top three favorite features. And I would agree. Actually, that was my, that's, that is my favorite feature. And actually, I talked about this from a device standpoint that you could put you know, our new um, WebEx desk minis, right, in place of a phone, because you could enable voice, you can enable calling, and then you don't have to touch the device again, you could give the command to start your meeting. Uh, just to, yeah. you know, piggyback on what Lakita is saying, you know, from what her fever feature is. Um, and, and our endpoints do that, you could talk to them, even if you didn't have, you know, deploy the SX10. But uh, the other feature is that it, when you're looking at the highlights, actually develops a little I think it's a one page slide for you of all the keywords and how many times you said right. it. And you put that into a presentation to, you know, enable these, these certain words, right. That, that are so important to the conversation. So it's, it's kind of cool that it gives you like the highlights. I, I use that functionality a lot, um, especially, you know, us being on so many WebExes and, and I've gotten into the mode recently where I, we record our, our meetings because people Unfortunately, we're double booked or we're triple booked sometimes. And, and if a, yep. an executive can't miss a meeting, one of the best practices I do now is just record it. I send it out and, you know, I'm happy to share it, right? Access it, listen to it at your leisure, listen to it in your car. So um, obviously that's why I have a podcast because I felt like, um, you know, executives are getting busier and busier because people are at home. We're not on the road too, which, mm -hmm. you know, we don't really talk about the fact that we're getting so many meetings in but we're working yeah. at a level that we haven't, I don't think we've ever met this level before because that, that travel time went away or the executives are not walking in the hallway or, you know, the engineer is still, you know, he's, he's not stuck 
you know, fixing devices, right? There's, there's different yeah. management flows that have all taken into, you know, uh, you know, I would say the transition of information technology, the jobs are getting, they're different as we spoke about before. And that's, that's, that's a good point. And I'm, I'm going to use this word again. And so if we had a word cloud, like you will probably see evolve right in the center, yeah. because I feel like we're in another stage of our workflow evolution, right? Um, you know, like I said, this pandemic is hopefully at its, at its tail end, um, but hybrid work, right? Hybrid work and how people work is, is here to stay, right? And meeting fatigue, right? We, because of hybrid work and because people are, are, are working from home, you know, we have more of these meetings, right? And we have people working differently. People are starting to transition back to the office. I'm a remote worker. You know, I have, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with my at-home setup. Um, She's you know, got three uh, for TVs, those that are, four headsets. <laughs> She's got six phones. I got seven screens in this room. She's got um, seven screens. Cameras. So if you can't get her, it's, it's, <laughs> she's then not in her office. No, I'm just kidding. But I, I mean, anyone you'll yeah, see this right? on YouTube, but she's got every device, you know, she tests device. I, I can see. <laughs> yes, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot going on, um, you know, and so I invested in my work from home setup because I wanted to be comfortable and I know I spend like a third of my day here. Um, but, you know, other people work from home may mean a kitchen. It may mean a shared bedroom. They may not not have that space, right? So you mentioned the desk mini, and that's that's one of the things I love is that we have like devices for every scenario, right? So that desk mini, that's perfect. It's portable, 15-inch screen. Hook it up to your laptop. Don't hook it up to your laptop. Um, use it in the kitchen, you know, use it in the bedroom. You know, it's it's a cute little device. It has it like five cute. different colors. So it can go <laughs> with cute. your decor. It's and it I mean, registers to the call yeah. manager or it registers to WebEx Hub. And when I say register, exactly. guys, I mean, you unbox, unbox it, we plug it in, connect to your Wi-Fi, ask your admin of your control hub to get you a 16-digit code, and it registers. I mean, it can't yeah. be more simple. <laughs> I mean, it really can't same be. Same feature set, same feature set. Like, I'm, I'm on one of our WebEx desks right now, um, and, you know, the Mini has that same feature set. It's just portable. You know, the room kits for, like, the, the bigger rooms, the huddle rooms, and it just continues to grow, right? Because... When we talk about this transition of hybrid work, we have people that are going to be at home and we have people that are going to be in office and the experience of the people in home, because it used to be, right, the remote workers felt distant, right? It it may be um, when you talk about like in groups and out groups, they may have felt like an out group. Like I know I'm part of the company on paper, but I really don't feel like I'm part of the meeting And, and things that honestly... I didn't think of, right, that affect the quality of a meeting, like the view, right? If I'm on a, in a conference room and I'm at home and, you know, you have this six foot table, right? And you have people that are on this other end of the table and I'm trying to relay an idea and, you know, people are, I can't really see their faces. There, there may be a little bit of a blur. I'm not picking up on their expressions, right? And so that feedback, you know, what, what, what does that do? Maybe I shut down. Maybe I'm like, well, I don't know if my feedback is being received, right? And so, you know, we have this thing called people focus, which if you're in a conference room, the cameras in our devices are intelligent enough to crop out faces and zoom in. And so now if you have four or five people in a conference room, instead of seeing the entire room and, you know, all of that, we'll call it wasted space that's, yeah. that's not as important to the conversation, 
everybody gets the same amount of real estate on your WebEx. And so I can zoom in. I can see the smiles. I can see the head nods. I can see the agreement or disagreement. So now we're all in this meeting. And because, you know, our devices, like our minis are, you know, designed for home or office use, you know, a workspace is, is where you make it. You're getting that same quality audio, that same quality video, that same one button to push, WebEx Assistant, all of those features are still available to you. And so that's that's one of the things I see is that in our next phase of evolution. The other with the meeting fatigue is, and, and, and I love this about our company, is that we disrupt ourselves, right? Um, yeah, we're talking about meetings and devices and, every, and, and, and how to make your meetings more productive. But at the same time, we're like, how can we make these meetings more efficient? Or maybe have less of them, right? And so VidCast is, is something that I love, right? Because if we're being honest, Danielle, every meeting doesn't have to be a meeting. It's one-way communication, and, and, and you just have somebody that needs to deliver uh, communication asynchronously and really doesn't need that feedback right away. Why not record yourself and send it out to people, right? And that's exactly what VidCast does. And what I love about it is the default speed is is 1.2, right? And so you can slow it down to real time. But if you have a 10-minute vidcast, by default, it's going to replay at 1.2. So maybe that 10-minute vidcast only takes you eight minutes to watch. Yep. Those seconds matter, right? Those minutes those, matter. Those minutes matter. When you have a day that's stacked full of meetings. Like our days and you're today. Me now, I can <laughs> like our day. <laughs> exactly. Today. You know, I can shave a couple of minutes off of this meeting now by doing a vidcast. It's just, I, I love it. But Lakita, you talk, we say, we talk about features and we know the features of this platform, but how do you show customers or how do you help them understand all that they can do? And I think that's where we sometimes, because we know it so well, we think they know it, right? But they don't work like yeah. that. So how do we... How do we show them, right, all the features and functionalities or the how powerful it is? And we didn't even, you know, to be honest, we're, we're, this platform can, as we said, is interoperable. So we're not even like saying, hey, you have to do all Cisco from end to end. We're just right. kind of saying, hey, there's ways to work. There's functionalities built in. Take advantage of these features and functionalities. But, you know, I guess we encourage clients to go to our demo sites, right? We encourage them to see it in real time, to play with it, to test it. Like, I guess it's, it's like sometimes the technology is so great and they, they get scared of it. But if you mm -hmm. could kind of take the, the suit off, right, take your barriers off, uh, the, the technology works, like lean into it, you know, like maybe run, you know, run some tests, run some meetings, see what's working, see what's not working. Oh, this works, that works. Like you kind of need to do a couple of test runs, but once it's going, it's, it's going to go. And other people follow yeah. people. If they see something working properly, they're going to lean into it. And I, I guess maybe that's a, a, a way we I, can I phrase it, it. You know, I think yeah. because you turn it on and you don't understand. And sometimes we, they over, you know, you don't have to over engineer simple, simple, simple deployments are sometimes better. You know, like it doesn't exactly. have to have all these extra features. The features are there. Just use them or see if you yeah. like them. You know, I guess like we're saying, everybody works differently. Learn how you want to yeah. work and then, the tools can do it. Trust us. The other cool thing. Use what, yeah. use what works for you. You know, as a, as a cloud service and, and, and serving so many different verticals, right? I mean, we have customers that cover every gamut. Big, I mean, I small, don't, but retail. Yeah, well, you're, you're mostly health, you know. 
um, uh, finance, everybody works differently, right? You know, some customers are global, some are not, right? And so I talked about like interpretation earlier, you know, maybe that's not a feature that resonates with everybody. You don't have to use it, right? It's, it's right. there, right. Um, it's you there. know, the, the velocity of how we roll out features um, is so incredible. And so one of the things I try to do is really knowing our customers and knowing how they work, right? And so when we have these, you know, what's new and what's coming, um, you know, we share that information. Um, but also, you know, I try to highlight the ones that, you know, like, hey, you know, you told me about this use case that you were having or, you know, this problem that you were trying to overcome. I think this feature that's coming out, um, you know, could help with that. So I think a lot of it has to do with really understanding, you know, how people work. It really starts with that relationship, right? And I think going back to kindergarten, you know, show and tell. There's something <laughs> to be said for so that, cute. right? <laughs> I love it. Right. Show it. Take the time and learn the advancements. Yeah. You know, like it's yeah. there. You talk about what could we turn on? There's a lot to turn on. There's a lot to do. Right. That's a, yeah. a great point. And and for, for customers, you know, that can, um, I am uh, so ready. Uh, and I know some customers have already done this um, to show people our New York office and, and what we've done in there and, and how we've just turned that into a smart office space and that entire um, experience, you know, we took and that it's not just and a, a WebEx experience. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, we took it, it, we it's amazing, it, right? And then we put it back down and we're like, this is how life is. And this is how work-life balance yes. happens. And this is how you flow. And this is how you don't have to worry if there's a conference room. And this is how you, if you just have your cell phone, how you start a meeting. And this is, this is how you do it. This is how it is. And this can because do again, it. We've evolved. We have. We've evolved, right? No longer is it Cube City where everybody has an, a desk assigned because 80% of those desks are empty because people are working remotely, working from home, whatever the case may be, right? And so we have to get smarter about how we use those spaces, right? And so that was part of hybrid work. And so, you know, um, I love to talk about that office, showcase that office. Um, and it's not just information technology. It's not just uh, the people that love collaboration like us that benefit from that, but it's the HR people. It's the facilities people, right? That, the contact you know, center are buying people. the furniture. <laughs> exactly. Contact center folks can work from home now. Come on, guys. I mean, yes. you know, every contact center agent in the world was going to, you know, a big box. And I say a box is a building, right? Yep. And they couldn't work from home. They can work from home now. I mean, that's enablement. I mean, that is amazing because- you know, we need those folks, you know, we rely on those folks and, you know, you know, I them and, you know, that advancement, but the fact that they can just go work from home. I mean, you know, listen, I guess if someone's listening, the power of the people that can work from home and you enabling their home office, you know, that, that's a big play. That's, that's a, that makes you feel like you're connected, right? When your home office emulates yeah. maybe an office and maybe that's a, little lesson learned here. Look, you know, what have, um, two things we didn't talk about. One thing is we have this cool feature no one knows about, but I'll just say it, is that you can't hear the baby crying in the background or the oh, truck yes. that pulls up <laughs> or someone's yelling. You can't hear it anymore. So, you know, this background noise issue, if, you know, you're in a big room and you have a headset on, the people on the phone can't hear the background noise anymore. I mean, that is built in. That is not a hindrance anymore. You know, that's that that's, that is game changing. And Actually, I had an engineer yeah. testing it yesterday, like yelling on the side of his device and said, can you hear me? And I said, I can't hear a word you're saying. So, I mean, that that's a, such a cool feature that's built in. The other thing is like, how does voice, you know, talk about voice, talk about maybe on-prem or cloud and, you know, why, why do you work, you know, why would you work with Cisco? And, and I, I hear clients all the time saying, oh, I'm going to work with this partner, 
to manage my phone system. And you're like, you know, we make the phone system, right? Like, you know, it's on our network, just call, making the call. Yeah. Out. But talk a little about that. Like you talk about that transition a little bit. And, you know, we, I think from where I sit, I, I understand the fear of the cloud, except for call, especially for calling. Cause it's, you know, my clients, it's, it's their reliability, right? It's their open, yeah. it's, you know, getting a doctor on the line. It comes down to major you know, major use cases, but then we say, Hey, it doesn't have to be maybe an all or nothing. It could be, mm-hmm. you know, a small approach doesn't have to be a big approach, right? You could put some of it in the cloud, right. And, th- and that builds yeah. on redundancy, but maybe just talk about how, you know, voice plays into this. And then I want you to also touch on, do we even use voicemail anymore? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, <laughs> yeah, good question. Thank and, you. and so you started with why Cisco and, um, you know, I'll, I'll try to remain as unbiased as possible, right? Yeah. We all have biases. We have friends. But, I Listen, mean, we all are friends and we, we use other tools. We're not a only Cisco company, right? We, well, we and use other and platforms. That's just it, right. You know, for services. Uh, so, um, from a productivity standpoint, you know, we, we have, uh, you know, this Microsoft approach, you know, plus, plus Cisco. But and when listen, we look I use at, Google, you know, and I've used but term, I use Google, you know, we use, use Google, Google in my personal yeah. world. So I use, yeah. you know, major there's a, I platforms. mean, there's a, there's a place, right? There's a place for all of those things. And so when I think about, um, you know, why, why is this goal for your, you know, your phone specifically, we talk about voice over IP. We talked about that a lot. And, and let's break that down. Voice over, over the internet. IP, <laughs> over, over the, the internet, internet, over so the when, internet yes. protocol. Yes. And so, not you know, a you line, need that. Not a dial number. Exactly. I mean, it's still a dial number, but it, it is, it's, you know, it's over the internet. I mean, it's connecting to some hub to get the internet exactly. access to make the call. Honestly, I could exactly. say something and listen, I love Zoom, but Zoom only allows VoIP because VoIP is free. I mean, technically, if you, yeah. you know, if you have to dial into a number, that phone is a charge. That dial to a number is a charge and that's a charge to zoom. So let's just clear that fact up for a second because I heard that one and I was like, uh, you only yep. could do VoIP little, yeah, cause yeah, it's over the net. Just like you're searching on the web. It's a free call. Yeah. yeah. Little, little side note. And that's, and you know, and that's a, a good point too, is that, you know, when we talk about voice over IP, you have to have that network, right? I mean, we have, um, I mean, we, Cisco is, is started with, you know, networking before voice. Right. And so, there's a foundation there with the routers and the switches and all of those things that make your internet work, right? Um, we have uh, security stacks and technology, right? When you talk about voice over IP, you want secure communication, right? If you're a doctor or a nurse, you get you have HIPAA and you have all of these things, you have to make sure that that information is secure. And so, you know, we have the ability, we have the data centers, we have that technology stack. And so when we talk about why Cisco, for, for, for one thing, is that um you know, we have a lot of those things under, you know, our umbrella. And right. when, we, when it comes to collaboration, we build the devices, right? And so these devices, when we talk about interoperability, they're going to work. Yes, they will work with, you know, a Teams meeting or any other different type of meeting because that's important. But when you talk about the feature set and some of those features that we add, you know, those features are going to work better with, um, with our devices within our ecosystem, right? When you talk about management. Um, and our control hub, allowing you that, you know, single pane of glass view to just be able to uh, to manage everything, right? Now, I started with call manager on-prem, right? And when we say on-prem, we're just talking about where that machine is, yeah. right? Is it is it in a, 
you know, a, a, a communications closet, you know, um, on your physical facility or a data center that you rent out and that you have total operational yeah, control. However you deploy yeah. the, the, the hardware, it, that, that, that is obviously up to the enterprise. Exactly. But the network exactly. that you're connecting yep. to is a Cisco network. Exactly. And then, yes, there's exactly. interoperability, but the interoperability brings in a different network. So we can't control the whole experience if you're connecting to another network. And that that we see a lot. Right. And, and so while, right. you know, one part of the meeting might be up, another part might not, it's because they're, you're adding in complexity. Right. And that's, that's one of the challenges, right, is that when we talk about voice over IP over the internet and these global communications, you're touching all of these different points, right, to get from point A to point B. And so when there is a bad experience, it's like, okay, well, you know, where, where in the network is failing because your, your quality is only as good as your weakest link, right? And so do you have, um, you know, a bottleneck or anything that's slowing that down, right? And, um, oh, my gosh, Danielle, we just don't have time to I know, talk we about can, all the technology. I know. We, I mean, look, you know, and I, wow, we, uh, we really know our, I think, I mean, I kind of know my stuff, but she really knows her stuff. Uh, we have a couple yeah, minutes left. I, I don't even want to get into thousand right, and, and how it covers, you know, don't and give you it. that view. We're not, even, we're not going to talk about it. We're not. But talk about, just how about we do this? We'll, we'll finish up. This is obviously, it's been an eye-opening conversation, and we've we've talked about a million things. But uh, talk to me about when was the last time you checked your voicemail? <laughs> Um, how long have I been? <laughs> oh my gosh. I, you know, I have not touched my voicemail in months. months. Um, I don't even know. And that's know work. Months. That's work and, and personal, that's right? True. Like, you know, um, even on my, on my personal phone, I, I, I think I still have a voicemail, but I mean, if somebody wants to get in touch with me, right, send me a text, you know, shoot me a message on, on WebEx, um, you know, in, in even less email, or right? Like, or Instagram or just, you know, you want to get me, send me a message. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's, yeah, that's how, I think what how we've we communicate seen. And, and yeah. And that's, that's probably, you know, like I, I, I think I've said it a few times um, throughout our time together and it's probably a good, um, you know, bookend is how we communicate, how we digest information is, you know, is evolving. Right. Um, you know, I, I still use email, but I don't use email as much. I live in the WebEx app. Right. You know, and how I'm messaging people, my groups, I'm I'm flagging and I'm pinning messages. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, uh, even on my 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 phone and my personal device. And I even think about my kids and how they consume information, you know. When we grew up watching TV, you know, you, you probably had to program a VCR. Uh, you know, if you want to see it. Where's the TV in? Don't scratch Yeah, the yeah, TiVo, right? Um, you know, VHS and all of those things, you know. My my kids consume things on demand, right? Like, it's, it's YouTube and Hulu and Netflix and, you know, they don't know about commercials. You know, they they never experienced Saturday morning cartoons. <laughs> I don't know. I listen. I grew up watching Saved by the Bell. That was like my livelihood. I, I don't know my son. Yeah. You know, when and it was on at seven a.m. When it came on, you you missed it. You, you missed didn't the whole see thing. it. You, what about right. TiVo? Was so, it TiVo? What came out that you? Could, oh my gosh. Was it TiVo? What, did I say that, that right? That was TiVo. Where you could pro- Yeah, where you I, could program. Yeah. Uh, people were loving life when that happened. That 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 yeah. was a that was kind of the evolution of of digital information, right? And. Having yeah. on-demand information and that you could play it when you want and you, you could watch what you want and you can mm-hmm. silo what you want, right? So Yeah, and as we see those trends, like, you know, in our personal lives, you know, it, it translates 
not the same, but there is that evolution translating into our work life too, right? And so we just have to make sure that we're keeping an eye on that and we're seeing how people communicate, how they consume information, how they secure and store information. Um, you know, and, and we talked about the cloud and as, as people um, become more comfortable with the cloud, right? Because it used to be this mystery, like, oh, I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I don't, I'm not putting my data in the cloud, right? And people are seeing that um, it is secure, right? It is, um, uh, you know, a fiscally responsible uh, decision to make as far as, you know, how much it costs, you know, operationally, when you start talking about CapEx and all of those things to store your data in oh, the you're cloud. You're deep now. And also, I am. And giving people that local survivability, right? Because at the end of the day, I don't care how much you tell me my information is going to be secure there's a level of risk that some industries can't take, right? Hospitals are, are, are one of them, they right? So they have to how do I move? Yeah, so how do I move my my infrastructure to the cloud, but I still have that fallback that is going to let me sleep at night, right? When, when four nines and five nines isn't good enough, you know? How do you give them that, that local survivability that we need? And so, you know, we have ways of, of doing that and providing that for them. Um, and it's not an all or nothing, right? That's, I think that's big too, is that it's not, you have to be 100% in the cloud, right? No, you can right. start you can offloading a- workloads to the cloud, right? You know, maybe your IT department uh, uses uh, calling and, you know, maybe you move another department and, you know, there's different things that you can do. So, Lakito, if like two minutes left. I love this conversation. I think we need to do another deep dive into this and, and maybe we should just focus it. on calling. We, we kind of, you know, we scratched on so many services, but I think, you know, I think what the conversation lend itself to was opening your eyes to the amount of features and functionalities and what you really can do with good technology, right? Like lean into the technology, like learn it, understand it. And then try to yeah. maybe solve workflows or bottlenecks and people not communicating. Well, I think what we're saying is that everyone can communicate easily, seamlessly, uh, and and rely on the network, rely on the networks. You know, whichever company you choose. But there, you know, and there's outages. Stuff happens. Like we get it, right? Um, but we do build a ton of a ton of the features and functionalities into the system, um, so you don't have to think. You know, hey, I would like this. Well, it's there. Hey, I want to do this. It's there. Um, but. Yeah. Building that workflow, we know it's hard. It changing companies and, and having them adapt is tough. Any last words, Lakita? You know, again, this is the Motivity Podcast with Danielle. I love talking collaboration, but any last words? Um, I would just say uh, that you know, collab works. Uh, just it does. keep your eye on the the trends and and how it's things true. are evolving, and don't be afraid to change. Like you said, Danielle, lean into it. Lean into it, yeah, and, and see, you know. Let the companies give you the proper demos. Let them, let like, play with the devices. See how easy it is to play. See if there's outages. You know, let it sit for a day. Have people join your meeting for the day. I mean, you could do a number of ways, I guess, to really test it and showcase it. Or come to our One Pen Plaza, play with the systems, see how we work, you know, see what's like a day in a life of one of us or even Microsoft or Google, whoever it is, see how they work because the workflows, they're tremendous. They're very powerful. But uh, Lakita, thank you again uh, for being on the thank show. You for me. And um, if you want to get in touch with Lakita or myself, obviously you can find us on LinkedIn. Uh, happy to always have a conversation, or if you just you know kind of want to vet some ideas with us, uh, we always love that too. Listen, we're not you know we have only I only have three accounts, but 
uh, if someone else wanted to talk to us outside of our accounts, we're happy to do so, right? So we're all, yeah, all about educating and learning and adapting, and, and that's not easy. Uh, but I think if you get, you know, good advice and take the advice, right? And I think that's pretty powerful. So, yeah. Anything else? I can't think of anything. I mean, <laughs> without going off into another I tangent. So I mean, probably, we'll probably Rakeet end it is there. A, a strong individual, you know, being in the Air Force, understanding that she wanted to be in information technology. You know, again, the sector is great. Um, there's a lot of great people yeah. in it. You know, we're all sitting here ready to help you. So thank you and have Thank a you. wonderful day.